I'm particularly happy that we have the opportunity to share the word of God today. Only last week, Pastor Yomi brought us a word on performance. Performance beyond the potential. And what he was saying to us is God made us and breathed potential into us. And that potential calls for performance. And I thank God that some of us are paying attention to the need to switch on from potential to performance. I want to bless God. But today the Lord has a fresh word for you. Can I ask in this room today, is there anybody that appreciates the word of God? Just wave your hand to the Lord. Say, for me, the word is second to none. Your word is quick and powerful and shines a light onto my path because God is taking us somewhere and we will not, we will not be frustrated in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This evening I take my text, and this is a wonderful one. I take my text from, uh, from Second Kings chapter number 4. I'm going to be reading to your hearing verses 1 to 7 from the New Living Translation. And this, I want to take two prophets to prove the word of God to you, Elisha and Elijah. Back to back, the same thing. And the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And here begins the reading of God's word this evening, 2 Kings 4, verses 1 to 7, the New Living Translation. It says, one day the widow of a member of a group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, saying, my husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord and now a, a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And verse 2, Elisha asked, what can I do to help you? And when she said nothing, he says, tell me what do you have in the house? What do you have left? All the money is gone. All the furniture is gone. Your husband is gone. But what do you have left in the house? And she answered and said, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And Elisha said, that's fine. Go borrow as many empty jars as you can find from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Now pour the olive oil from your flask into the jars that you borrowed, setting each one aside when it is filled. And so, I like that, so she did as she was told. I'll come back to that later on. Her sons kept bringing jar after jar to her and she filled them one after another. Verse 6, soon every container was full to the brim. And she said, bring me another jar. And they said, there ain't any more. And uh, they told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God, Elisha, what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, which was your problem. But beyond that, now you and your sons can now leave, not exist. You can now begin to live the life you should have been living on what is left over. This evening, I'm glad to bring you the word of the Lord that I entitle, There's Still a Miracle in Your House. There is still a miracle in your house. Glory to God. I want to prophesy to someone today that you may have lost some things. This woman lost her husband, which, who was the one that was the provider of the house. The money went, the furniture went, and now the creditor was coming to take the little joy that was left in her life, her two sons, and so, 
God intervened and she found out there was still a miracle in her house in spite of what life took away from her. I bring you the word of the Lord today that no matter how bereft of joy, of wherewithal that you may be going through, no matter how bereft your life is of the things that make life sweet, God asked me to tell you that as long as you're a child of God, there is still a miracle left in your house. Listen, it does, you don't understand when the Bible talks about a widow. A widow in those days is not like a widow like now. We have Gulf Crest Family Center that takes your widow. They didn't have any foundation. Widows were the rejects of the society. Nobody was going to help them. It was the lowest of the lowest positions you could be. And to, to, to crown it all, creditors were now coming to take things away to pay for a debt. And she found out. And can I tell you, you're about to find out that they steal a miracle in your house. The word steal means in spite of what you think you don't have, in spite of the names that you're called, in spite of what COVID did, they steal a house because somebody is the one in charge of making sure that there will always be a miracle left. If you're listening to me, the word of the Lord is supreme and it will be superimposed upon your situation. If you will only listen, if you will only respond, you will find that you're not as poor as you thought. You are not, things are not as bad as you thought. They still, come on now, a miracle in your house. Why don't you talk? I don't know about anybody, but they still. My house talks about your life. There's still a miracle in my life. There's still a miracle in my situation. But then it is your responsibility to find that miracle and use it as soon as you have found it. Because if the woman didn't pour the miracle, ain't nothing going to happen. It is your responsibility when God has hidden the miracle in your house, in your life, in your job, in your finances, in your marriage. If you now don't use it, you cannot blame God. So my job is to let you know that God has played his own part there's still a miracle forget what they're saying you don't have now you have a responsibility because this is god and man working together to bring destiny to bear upon a seemingly impossible situation it is our responsibility to find it and to use it as soon as we find it may the lord enlighten our understanding in the name of the lord jesus christ the good news is this, God usually uses what is left to turn things around. The God that we serve is so big, he doesn't need a big thing to do a big thing. As a matter of fact, he delights in using the things that despise to do the amazing things so that you can know the difference between those who claim to be God and the only one who is God of all. Can you help me celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? So, it is good news. The preaching of the gospel is good news. God usually uses what is left. When the woman came to Elisha, she felt she had nothing. Her neighbors told her, you don't have nothing. Her situation spoke to her. And many of us have succumbed to the voice that is not the voice of the Lord. The voice of a stranger, the Lord said, you will not hear anymore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God all the hearing brought her to the man of God. And the man of God says, I want to tell you something. Are you going to listen? 
Still a miracle in your house. When the man of God said, what have you got left? She says, nothing. Because that's all she had been hearing. Somebody you're listening to me, I say, my life is nothing. My marriage is nothing. My vocation is nothing. My children are nothing. No, no, no. Of the stranger. Here is the voice of the Lord. There is still a miracle left in your house. And the good news is that God usually uses whatever ever no matter how little it is to turn things around whoever you are you are the candidate for a restoration of your honor better than before and god will make you to laugh because of the turnaround and the restoration that is coming because there's still a miracle left in your house if i were you i'd touch myself and say there's still a miracle left in my house now listen to me, it, doesn't it then stand to reason that God will always make sure that something must be left in your house. Something must be left in your life. Something must be left of you by which he can intervene where there's something called divine intervention. Which means in the power play of things, things have not been going well. When Jehovah comes into the scene, there's what is called a divine intervention. But the, the intervention has to connect with what is left. So the one who he wants to intervene has a responsibility to make sure that no matter what life took, no matter what they lost, what you lost, no matter what they stole, there must be something left that he can use to turn turn things around for your good and, they, and this means there will always be a miracle in your house can i tell you the reason why it's difficult for a lot of us we don't see the way god sees the widow came if she came with her husband it's easy to believe there's a miracle in her house because this was a prophet if she came with her passbook or her bank account or a credit card, she'll believe that God is with her. But God calls the despised thing a miracle. When they asked her, she knew there was oil, but she never imagined that the oil can ever amount to a miracle. Can I tell you something? The devil is a liar. Nobody here is as poor as you think you are. I bring you the word of the Lord. There is still a miracle in your house. When Elisha asked her in verse 2, it says, what can I do to help you? She said nothing. So he went on because he got no answer. I said, no, tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said nothing at all. The word at all means pata pata, there's nothing. I'm a big zero. My marriage is a big zero. My life is a big zero. It doesn't matter that I'm a Christian. She was a wife of a prophet. She was a believer. So I'm talking to both believers and unbelievers. You can be a believer and inside you, you think your life is a zero. Can I tell you the truth? The devil is a liar. There's still a miracle in your house. She says nothing at all. And then she paused and said, except. The word except is, don't tell me you're going to call this a miracle. That's what it means. I've got nothing at all except she had despised that thing. What is it you're despising? Supposing that's what God wants to use. Did the Bible not say he uses the despised things of this world? Found the great things. I bring you the word of the Lord today. I hope you will embrace this word.
Jesus name. I'm saying that it stands to reason that God will always make sure that is God's responsibility. Your own responsibility is to discover it and use it. He has to make sure there's something left. God has to make sure I tell you the truth, there's something left in your life that is so powerful but it doesn't look that powerful. Maybe if it looked that powerful, the people that took your husband, that took your joy, that took your marriage will have taken that as well. So maybe God hid the miracle in a despised form. So that it will still be there. I come to announce you, you got something very valuable. And God is going to use it to restore your glory, restore your fortunes, restore your honor better than before. This was the word of Now let us with a certain temptation. The temptation of thinking, but how? God, how? Can my situation be better? But how? God, how? I know it's been going around. It's not God, how? God, how that is going on around. What is going on around is God, when? I'm sure you heard that one. God, when? But I'll deal with that. At, thank God it's Friday. TGIF on Friday. God, when? But now we're thinking of God, how? When you say, I am broke. There's nothing in my life. And God says, what about this? And you say, God, how can this solve all this problem? And then God introduces himself. I'm the one that does great things with nothing. Well, that's a good place for you to clap for God. Hallelujah. <laughs> now I want us to deal with this temptation. Someone say temptation. The temptation to think, but how? God, how? This, no. You're looking somewhere else. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 is the scripture that I have for you. It says, no temptation has overtaken you. It's a temptation except such as is common to man, but God is faithful. God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also, I like that, make the way of escape so that you may be able to bear what you have to pass through. You're not supposed to die in it. The way he's a, he will make a way of escape and that way of escape always looks despised. A jar of oil. In the midst of what we're saying, how can you be talking about a jar of oil? The New Living Translation puts it even a little better. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. But in spite of all that, God is faithful. Come on, let's settle that. He will not allow that temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you. He will show you a way out. For the widow, the way out was what? A jar of oil. If the creditors came to the house, they would never have taken the jar of oil. May life, even though life takes many things in our life, may life not take the miracle that is really critical in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will show you a way out so that you can endure. So what do you think I'm talking about? The woman lost her husband, lost her glory, lost the ministry, lost the money, lost the self-esteem. And they were coming to take her two sons. And she looks like she has nothing at all. And she comes to the man of God. And the man of God standing in the place of God, speaking as the oracles of God, activated 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the new living. How did he do it? He showed her the way out. This evening, what I'm saying is that God is going to show you a way out. If you're expecting a big door, it may not be a big door. 
If you are expecting a big man, it may not be a big man. He says, he will show you a way out. I want you to say, God, you will show me a way out. God will show me a way into my destiny. God will show me a way out of my troubles. The message translation of the same scripture says, there is no test or temptation that comes your way. I know some people are struggling and say, ah, temptation is sin. Temptation. This one didn't say just temptation. It said test. Can I tell you something? When you go through the rough waters, it is a test. When you go through a hard time, the devil is saying like Job, if you let him go through a hard time, he will stop worshipping you, he will stop coming to church, he will stop praising God, he will stop giving. If you let him go through a little COVID, you will see what he will do. He will not, he will not worship you anymore. Why would you let what the devil prophesied about you be your portion in life? It's a test. It says there's no test or temptation that comes your way that God will not show you a way out. Because before the test, he knows the end from the beginning. He has planted a miracle in your house. May God enable us to see that way out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cut the long story short. The woman came out of a seemingly impossible situation. And she didn't just come out. She came out in style. She had enough to live on after that. The, the difference between living and existing is clear. When you exist, you're under the situation. When you live, you live in technicolors. You live a life worth celebrating. The man of God said, now go and leave. You have been existing for too long. That's a prophecy for someone there. You've been existing under the circumstances for too long. God has a miracle in your life you're going to start living the life you're going to start enjoying your life to the glory of God you have been through enough it's about time somebody said I received that word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the will of God concerning us so as long as something is left God can use it to restore your fortunes better than before I told you on Sunday, God is going to restore you better than before. Let me give you a case in point. The case in point is found in our text today and in verse, I think verse 7, it says, when she told the man of God what had happened, something is going to happen. Okay, something very good is going to happen. She told the man of God what had happened and he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debt. And plus, you and your sons can now live on what is left over. That is, God restoring your fortunes better than before. They were existing before. It is only after the miracle in the house was activated, they could now leave. Somebody, there's promotion coming from God. I remember the text from my sermon on Sunday was found in Psalm 71 verses 20 and 22. And I paraphrased it like this. Uh, when the psalmist said, you have allowed me to suffer much hardship like that widow, but you will restore me and you will restore me to even greater honor than before. Ooh, somebody say amen. Somebody say amen and amen. But nonetheless, it is our responsibility to find what is left in our house. It is our responsibility to use it as instructed as soon as we found it. Let me ask you a question. Did this woman receive instruction or not? What was the instruction? The instruction is that 
Borrow as many vessels and shut the door so that your enemies will not knock down that jar. Do you know if that jar fell down with the little oil that remained, what happens? That's the end. It says shut the door. It's not everything you invite people for. It says start to pour the oil. The man didn't tell her what will happen. She just said pour the oil. Imagine if she didn't pour the oil. Does that mean there's no miracle in her house? Supposing she borrowed few vessels, would there be enough to pay off the debt and live on? No. It is your responsibility to find what is left in your house and to use it as what? As instructed. For people that don't like instructions, I'm really worried for you. People that Nobody can talk to me. Don't instruct me. Don't talk to me. I do my own thing. I make my own path. You see, listen, if you hit a bad patch, you will know that to receive instruction is a blessing. Bible says um, the word of God is good for instruction in righteousness. You have to receive the instruction. Please don't join people that say, no, nobody should control me. Nobody should, nobody should tell me what to do and so on. That's, if once you're lacking instruction, you're going to live a very worrisome life. That will not be our portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in verse 5, and so she did as she was told. I'm quoting verse 5. Give me verse 5. She did what? As she was told. Say that again. She did as she was told. Will you do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do? She did as she was told and her sons kept bringing and you know the result. Now that was Elisha's testimony about there must be a miracle left in your house. There's still a miracle left in your house. In Elijah's time, it was in the time of farming. Let me read that very quickly. First Kings 17 verses 12 to 16. I'm going to be reading this time from the Living Bible. First Kings 17, 12 to 16. When Elijah got to the widow's location and said, give me some food. This is what she said. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God. So obviously she knows Elijah's God. I swear by the Lord your God that I have a single piece of bread. I have nothing. I'm not the kind of person you should ask to give you anything. My life is a zero. I haven't a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only... A handful of flour left. What is this thing about God using small things to do amazing things? And a little cooking oil at the bottom of the jar. <laughs> and I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal. And then my son and I, M-U-S-T, must die of starvation. My situation is so bad that the end of the story of my life has already been read to me. My grave is dog. I know where my coffin is. It is the end. I must make my son die. Remember, the woman had two sons. This one too had one son. So it means that God is able to sort you out more than just yourself. Anybody around you, anybody associated with you, the miracle in your house will sort all of you out and they'll be left over in Jesus' name. Verse 13, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Somebody received that. Fear has torment. Don't be afraid. 
There's instruction that can turn your life around. It says, will you listen to the instruction? Go ahead and cook that last meal that you call a last meal. But first, bake me a little loaf of bread. And afterwards, there will still be enough for you and your son. Verse 14, for the Lord God of Israel, the one who says there is still a miracle in your house, the one that made sure he kept the miracle in your house, is about to visit you and says the God of Israel says that there will always be plenty. Someone say plenty. Why are you afraid? Say plenty. There's going to be plenty of flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. Bible says in verse 15, I like that. So she did as Elijah said. What is the problem with our people? What is this thing that we don't obey? For the, for the wife of the uh, late prophet, she did as she was told in verse 5. And in verse 15, 5, this one is 15, she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat from her supply of flour and oil as long as it was needed. Verse 16 says, for no matter how much they use. And they started using it generously. May we not be living on management. May we be living, living generously. Uh, for no matter, no matter how much, that talks about a lot, they use, there was always, come on now, plenty left in the containers just as the Lord has promised through Elijah. I bring you the word of the Lord. Life may have taken a lot of things as long as it didn't take the miracle in your house. God is going to use it to restore you to a greater honor better than before. Can I hear your amen? God will always make sure something is left in your house or your life that he can use. Just like Moses found out Moses found that there was still a miracle left in his house. Moses ran away from, from Egypt. Moses ran away in defeat. Moses tumbled down from being a prince in the palace of Pharaoh to being a boy boy, shepherd of a, of a babalao in the backside of the wilderness and settled there, married the daughter so that his job is permanent. Didn't see anything beyond that in his life. From 40, he continued till he was 80. And many people have written him off that what you did from 40 to 80, you're not likely. In fact, nobody spoke about him anymore in Egypt. Moses was not in the story anymore. 40 years, people go down, forget you. And he wrote himself away. But God will always make sure that something is left, even in the life of somebody that wrote himself off. Moses found out. Let me show you how it happened. In Exodus chapter 4, when Moses was discouraged about his calling to deliver Israel out of Egypt, he settled to be a nobody. Settle for it. In Exodus 4 verses 1 to 3, I read, Bible says, Then Moses answered Jehovah and said, But supposing they will not believe me or listen to my voice, supposing they say, uh, The Lord has not appeared to you. There's all these suppositions have bound us and have knocked us out and we don't feel like getting out of bed. We don't feel like our life is ever going to change. This supposing, whose voice is this supposing? So the Lord said to him, forget the supposing. 
Stop telling me suppose or supposing. What is in your hand? What is left? You left all your purple robes. You were brought up in the palace of Pharaoh. You're now a shepherd. You've lost everything. Now, you Bible says in New Testament that Moses was a great orator, but now he became a stammerer. That is how much he lost. Somebody that could speak and kings will be quaking. He cannot even put his speech together. You see, when you lose some things in life, other things begin to die. So Lord says, forget it. Okay, you've lost everything. What is that in your hand? What kind of question is that? What is that in your hand? If you want to catch somebody's attention, that's when you say things like that. What is that in your hand? Because everything you say, the person is not hearing. It's just all hearing, supposing my life will not, supposing I won't marry, supposing I won't have child, supposing my husband will run away, supposing, no, no, no. What is that in your hand? I want to catch your attention, brethren. What is left in your hand? And he said, it's a rod. What kind of question is that? It is just a rod. God, how will you use a rod? That's what it means. How? Just uh, like a lot of young people are saying, God, when? That is not a question. You already answered. You say, God can't do it. He says, just a rod. And, he's, and the Lord said, cast it to the ground. And so he cast it to the ground and it became a serpent. There is something in your house that is about to become something else. Something powerful. Something moving. Something that changes destiny. Now skip down. We're still in Exodus 4 to verse 17. In verse 17, and the Lord said to the same Moses, and you shall take this despised rod in your hand. And it is with this despised rod that you will do the signs and wonders. Something you spat on. Something you had no regard for. It may even be a person that God will use to deliver you. When they ask him, what is in your hand? It's it's a rod. What what value is a rod in a life of 80 years of ignominy? What, What are you, God, how? He said, cast it to the ground. And it became a serpent. He says, it is this rod. Don't change it. Don't change the jar of oil. No other jar of oil will produce that result. It is the one Jehovah kept. He said, with which you will do signs. Somebody, your season of coming out of obscurity is about to happen. And in verse 20. Listen to this, the same Exodus 4. In one chapter, all this happened. Then Moses took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey and he returned to the land of Egypt and Moses took what? The rod of God in his hand. When God hid it, he hid it in such ignominy. He hid it in so ordinarily, it looked like the rod of a shepherd. But it was in disguise. By the time he understood, Bible says he took the rod of God with his hand to the place of his assignment. And guess what happened? The Red Sea was going to part. When he started praying, we've got a problem. We're stuck by the Red Sea. Pharaoh is coming. The end is here. He says, stop shouting. Stop praying. Don't you know what? You've already discovered the miracle in your house. All you have to do is just lift your rod. The Red Sea obeyed. It was not a prayer. He used 
the miracle in his house. Can I tell you something? Prayer is overrated. When God has already put a miracle in your house, you're still praying. He said, what are you praying about? Use the miracle that I kept with you. When you lost your glory, when you lost your money, when you lost your position, when you lost your self-esteem, when you became a normal unknown shepherd ah, Olua. how can you go from a prince of God to becoming a shepherd errand boy for a babalao and God says I'm, I'm still not done with you there's a miracle still in your house there's still a miracle in your house can somebody say amen, amen. Moses had only a rod left when he discovered it and used it I told you God's job is to make sure there's still a miracle it is for you to discover it and maybe god is speaking to you say what you are despising is what you need imagine if moses said this rod i don't care is a useless rod what will happen at the red sea do you know that it was a rod that he lifted up my prayer is that what you need you will not have left behind in jesus name what about Jesus when 5,000 people were starving? They were starving. They were not hungry. They were not famished. They were starving after three days. Jesus only asked for what food was left. It is about what is left. He said, what is left? I know all the problems. I know what they don't have. What is left? And all what was left was five loaves and two fish. So as long as something is left, God can use it to restore your fortunes and restore it even better than before. Someone say better than before. You better say it's better than before is what God is going to do for me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as something is left, better than before means they ended up the 5,000 people with 12 baskets full of food, they could not have space in their tummy to eat. And after they had all eaten to their satisfaction, the people that felt they had nothing, they were going to starve to death, they had 12 baskets full of food and every belly, 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, belly full and 12 baskets left over. That is what I mean that better than before. The same God proving himself in all these areas. That same God wants to prove himself in our lives. Can we go into prayers? Hmm. First prayer is, Lord, open my eyes to see what is still left in my life. Many times we're focusing on what we lost and what we don't have. Open my eyes to see what miracle is still left in my life left in my home left in my marriage left in my children left in my ministry what open my eyes to see what is left god comes around and say there's still a miracle in your house what use is a miracle you cannot see what use would it be if you don't use it it will look like God was never on your side. Open my eyes to see what is left. We're still praying. Pray, say, Lord, open my eyes of understanding to see the power and the potential of what is left. Let me not be like Moses to despise my rod. Lord, let me not be like the widow of the prophet that despised the jar of oil. Lord, open my eyes of what? Understanding so that I can appreciate the power and potential that is in what is left in my life and I stop running all over the place when my miracle is in my house. God is so kind. He never puts your miracle far from you. 
Mata libro soku. Hey, open my eyes of understanding to be able to see and appreciate the power and the potential of what is left that people despise. That the devil will not send me in the wrong direction. Running helter skelter when the miracle is in your house. The miracle is in your life. The miracle is still in that marriage that you despise. The miracle is still in those children that you're, 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 you're exasperated about. Open my eyes to see we're still praying give me an obedient heart to obey the instructions of the holy spirit bible says she did as she was told the widow of Zarephath did as she was told give me an obedient heart in a season of disobedient children all over the place give me an obedient heart to obey the instructions and righteousness that i will receive directly from the lord of the prophets sent into my life we're still praying. An obedient heart. Restore my fortunes so that things will become better than before. I want you to pray that prayer. Father, through the miracle that's still in my house, restore my fortunes so that things become better than before. Better than before. I was existing. Now I'm going to start living. My I was struggling and managing to survive. Now I'm going to live in abundance. Uh, I, was, I was never a happy person now and happily married ever after. Restore my fortune by what is still the miracle that is in my house despite all that I lost so that things become even better than before. Finally, God, you will make me to laugh. According to the word of the Lord, God will make me to love before the end of this year and cause my enemies to be thoroughly discredited. God will make me still to love by the miracle that is still hidden in my life. This will happen before the end of this year that will cause my enemies who said I can't make it, who never gave me a chance, who thought I would never become a, somebody of repute, somebody of renown, so that my enemies will be thoroughly and thoroughly discredited. Father, we thank you. Holy name. Thank you for your word today. There's still a miracle in our lives, in our home. We celebrate your king. We activate the word of God. We say, we will come back with testimonies. I'm arm loads of blessings to the glory of God. Blessed be our king. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Someone say amen and amen and amen. Put your, those hands together and bless the name of the Lord. <laughs>